What's up, New York? You're listening to the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. I'm Evan. I'm here with Khalid Rodriguez. Very, very excited to have him. For those of you who have not seen this podcast or listened to it before, we are conservatives inside of New York trying to give a voice to people who we feel are underrepresented and to organize us so we can do what we can to take back the state and fix a lot of the issues that we are having. Khalid, why don't you give everybody a little bit of information about yourself and your experiences? Um, yeah, so sure. Basically, I first started getting into politics when I was actually at the end of eighth grade, this time around the time I wasn't actually a conservative, and I supported Bernie Sanders. Mostly, I'd say it's because uh, I didn't know too much. Well, you were in eighth grade, so that's fair, you know. When I was in eighth grade, I was, what, playing sports all day and worried about, you know, meeting girls. Like, you're you're getting involved in politics. (laughs) I guess. Um, I think I just heard, like, free health care and, like, free college, and I was like, that sounds great. But uh, maybe about, like, a year later, I started doing more research and then, like, today, I mean, I feel like it's, like, a complete 180. But um, basically, to get, like, more involved in conservative politics and to learn more about it, I made a Twitter account back in March or, yeah, March at, like, the end of the month. And I'm actually, since then, I've experienced, like, really fast growth online and just, like, meeting other people and being able to exchange ideas uh, I went to a Turning Point USA, like the first Turning Point USA conference, um, the high school leadership summit. I was able to meet a lot of people that thought like me. Um, and then I mean, I'm just like going like in order until now of like things that I've done. But uh, let me see. Then I went I went to another Turning Point USA conference with uh, at YBLS, the Young Black Leadership Summit. Oh, we met the president. I think that was pretty awesome. I saw that. That was so. That was probably the coolest thing I've ever seen. When yeah. I saw that on your Instagram, I was like, I need to contact this kid. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty amazing. Um, hopefully, I can meet him again. I will meet him again. Uh, um, let me see. Any some other things? This guy, uh, his name's Luchi Gallo. Mm-hmm. He was a congressman, uh, congressman that ran in uh, Brooklyn, in New York Nine. A Republican. I was helping him out with his campaign for about four months. That was pretty fun. We got to meet a lot of different people, share different ideas. Uh, also, I'm the National Director of Advancement with Black Conservative Movement. We started our organization in April, and I've been working with them since around late August, early September. And, I mean, we've had also tremendous growth. If you guys want to and you want to tell your podcast listeners, to follow us also on like Instagram. And oh, stuff. definitely. And at the end, I'll let you run through all the stuff that you're on. So everyone who wants to can follow you and they can keep up to date with your stuff. Okay. But one big thing that I really want you to touch on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's hard enough being your age and being involved in politics. It's hard, really hard being your age, and being conservative, especially in New York city. What do you, what has been the reception among your peers, friends, family? Oh, yeah, it's good. totally. I'll go into that. Um, so I, I kind of like kept it a secret for a little bit and then around, so then I told like some of my friends, but around May uh, of last year, yeah, it kind of like really got out. And so like a whole bunch of people like saw like stuff that I was doing online and there was like all of these like 
debates in school. I would say that I did lose a lot of friends, but I gained a lot of new ones too. I also prompted a lot of people in my circle and in my school to think about politics. And they just, they took a look at what I was doing. And so the people that were actually tolerant and took the time to listen to other people's ideas, they took it with a grain of salt, but they listened to it and they considered things that I said. Um, some other things, I mean, I had a lot of live debates with people from my school actually in the beginning when I first made the account on Instagram. Uh, in the city, I mean, so once I actually, so this friend that I met, his name is Max. I met him at the high school leadership summit. He came to New York a few months ago and we wore our MAGA hats and went to a restaurant in Harlem. I think oh, it was nice. <laughs> uh, the reception was interesting. No one, no one ripped our hats off or our heads, but it, it was fun. Um, I think it's not always crazy, but sometimes it can be a little bit scary. And I think that you, you have to like, you have to just persevere and don't let people bully you for your political beliefs. Exactly. And, you know, we're very different people and our stories are different stories, but there are similarities where when I first started, you know, leaning towards conservatism, I didn't tell my family members or all liberals. They don't know why they're liberals, but you know, they always vote Democrat. And the same thing with, you know, you tell people that you're conservative and you start like at my work, there are women who work at my job. I work in a school who just start yelling at me. They'll just start yelling. Trump's getting impeached. He's getting impeached. I'm like, when, tell me when he's getting impeached and why, you know, why? And, why? but they don't want to talk. And every time I try to talk to them, they want to yell. So I told them like, listen, we're not going to talk politics because you know, there are kids around here <laughs> and you know, you're just yelling at me. So, but it's good that, you know, you're able to get support, you know, to see that support because we didn't, me and Peter didn't realize that there were so many conservatives in New York until, you know, until we started the Facebook group and then it started growing. And since there's so many October, it's 5,000 people as of today. Yeah. That's insane. That's amazing. Yeah. There's so many conservatives in New York and especially even New York city. Weirdly enough though, if you look at it for like mayoral elections, for example, people don't vote. That's the worst part. That's what we've been telling people in the group because so many people, they have this idea. They're like, oh, we can't beat New York City. We can't beat New York City. Nobody votes yeah. at all. It's, it's the worst thing. Voter apathy is what is destroying the state because nobody likes Cuomo. So how does he keep getting elected? Mm -hmm. He keeps elected because he promises free stuff to people and then no one else votes because they think the state's already lost. Exactly. Like for just recently, $15 minimum wage was passed. I mean, that's something like for a lot of like uninformed voters, if actually like one of um, Cuomo's uh, volunteers knocked on our door at my apartment and was like, oh, you know, it's $15 minimum wage. And, you know, they just, they explained it, but they didn't really like know too much about it. All they could say is just like, we're all going to be paid $15, but little do you know, like companies are always going to want to make the same amount of money. So they'll just make cuts and implement more technology so they don't have to use you. Yeah, they, they either they raise the price of goods or they cut your hours so you're making less money anyway. People exactly. think that there's this secret where if you just do things, you know, it's we said the, the other episode that a lot of people on the left, they live in was it this dream world where if you just do it, it's definitely going to work. Where Ocasio-Cortez is like, oh, we'll just give everybody health insurance, free Medicaid, mm -hmm. roll. Well, how are you paying for it? 
don't know. I, you pay for it. I mean, I, I think the last the real answer. It's more of the idea of like, it's like conservatism versus like being on the left. I think leftists think that the government can solve all of your problems, but conservatives don't believe in big government. And at the end of the day, the government just can't solve your problems. Like, for example, like the housing market in New York or healthcare in the United States, like it just, it can't necessarily be fixed by government. As like the United States population gets older, healthcare is going to cost more. Where are we going to get the money from? And the Democrats are hawking about the wall, but they'll talk about free healthcare all day long. The wall costs, President Trump is asking for $5 billion. That would be cheaper than the Second Avenue subway built in New York City. It's it's really ridiculous, and they they I don't understand why they love the government. And it's like you said before, just trying to teach people about conservatism is hard because there is a stigma on it. And mm, my yes. cousins, my cousins who claim to be these giant liberals and love Democrats, the, we had a we had an Alexa at our house upstate, and they're like, oh, I would never get one because the government could be listening. Like seriously, she's like, I don't trust it. I think the government has tapped into it. It's like, so you don't trust the government, but you're constantly voting for more government. Exactly. It, they, people don't understand what they're voting for. And I've talked to people who say, oh, I don't vote because I don't really know what I'm voting for. Then don't vote. If you don't know what you're voting for, then don't vote. Because what happens to a lot of people is, like my parents always thought, oh, the Democrats cut taxes. The Democrats cut taxes. No, they don't. The Democrats raise taxes. That's <laughs> exactly. That's why. So it's like, don't vote if you don't know what you're voting for. Because if you really voted for who you what you really wanted, you, a lot of people would be voting the opposite way. And I've done it to women at work where I'm like, do you believe in more government or less government? They're like, less government. I'm like, okay. Do you think that people should have the right to defend themselves? Yes. Okay. And I'll ask them a few other questions. I'm like, you do realize that you just answered all the questions conservatively. And they're like, oh, crap. Because they thought they didn't even realize that they, were, they weren't being tricked. They were just being – they didn't know what they were voting for before. They fall into that trap where – you know, you're black, you vote Democrat. And the, it's really, that's why, like, when I saw your page and I started seeing the other pages from other people in the black conservative movement, I was just like, thank God that there are people who are awake to what's going on. Because yeah. why should you vote based on your skin color? I'm, oh, so vote. I don't no, vote based on my religion. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. It's because the left has convinced people that being conservative means you're a racist. But at the same time, apparently, black people can't be racist, but I can be a racist conservative. It's weird. That's the worst. The stuff that you see, like, um, what was it, Terrence Williams, the stuff that he posts, names that people call him, it's like, are you serious? Like, you could call this guy every name in the book, and they, they're calling him, a white, like, a white supremacist. Like, what was it? They called Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk white supremacists in, what, they, Philadelphia? They called Candace Owens uh, a sunken place Satan. I, I think that one's pretty. I thought that whole sunken place thing was about the Democratic plantation. Did no, you, no, no. Did you get that movie? Or did I not get the movie? It's uh, what's the article? It's from um, the root, I believe, said that. Oh, okay, because I was thinking of the movie. Um, what was it? It came out last year. It's uh, Get Out. Yeah, Get Out. So when I saw Get Out, I was like, oh, this is about being on the Democratic plantation. I guess I didn't get the movie or I didn't get the message that everyone else got. But, um, yeah, so let's, let's go over a little bit of stuff. You know, we mentioned Trump and the wall. Mm -hmm. I, you know, um, I used to work in law enforcement when I went to school. I did, um, 
at Security Systems Administration after I got my associates in criminal justice. So people online are constantly, oh, walls don't work, walls don't work. I'm like, no, no, walls work. You having a physical barrier plus added manpower will greatly increase the security of the border. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the le- every single response is, oh, they'll just dig tunnels. You know how hard it is to dig a tunnel in the desert? Tunnels mostly work in urban areas because you can hide. If someone, if, if lo- loads of people are coming through a tunnel in an area that's just a desert, then Border Patrol would see that tunnel. Yeah, and how far away would you have to start digging that tunnel? <laughs> exactly. Be- in order to not be seen digging. So if you have the added manpower and you have technology like drones and stuff like that to secure the areas where you don't have physical people, you see a bunch of people run up with a shovel, okay, we have about three minutes to get over there. You know, it's... Exactly. They, they want to, they don't want the wall because they know it works. And if they exactly. get the wall and it works, Trump gets a win and 2020 is a landslide. Mm-hmm. If, if the wall works, then the Democrats will have no way to have a new voting base in the next 20 years with lots, because this is the thing, like take for example, um, or not even just in general, the idea that the Democrats have said, you know, if you're against illegal aliens, then you're, or, you know, even if you say the word illegal aliens, apparently you're a racist. If you're against illegal aliens, illegal immigration, undocumented immigrants, however they want to say it and whatever name they want, if you're against them, then you're being racist, which just isn't true. It's just that I want to, I want to follow the laws and I care about Americans more than I care about people from other countries. Like, that's just. Yeah, and they claim that, yes, this is a country of immigrants. And, yes, it is. But my grandfather came here before World War II, and he came here legally. And he had to leave his family behind, and he was 13 years old, and he came to live with his family that was here. Mm -hmm. And he did it when he came the right way. He went through schooling. He learned English. He fought in World War II. He received the Purple Heart and the Bronze Star. You know, he bought into what it meant to be an American. And, you know, throughout my experiences, I've seen people, they come here, they work, but then they send all their money home mm-hmm. and they get ready to leave or they, they bring people in. But it's not that same. It, the melting pot is supposed to bring everybody together. It's supposed to make everybody American. But what people want now is to retain their identity and not become Americans. They just want to take advantage of all the things that we have here. And that's yeah. not what being American is all about. Being American all about is buying in and believing in freedom of speech, having different ideas. You know, we had on Tuesday, we had a friend of mine who was a liberal. And we don't agree with him on everything, but, you know, we had a conversation and, you know, that's really what it's all about. But, you know, just having that ability to have a free flow of ideas and mm-hmm. the less obsession with calling people Nazis and racists, it's the biggest threat to free speech that we have right now. It's not, it's not that someone has a bad idea or someone doesn't like somebody. It's that you seek to invalidate their opinion by just calling them a name. And that's, yeah. that's horrible. Yeah, exactly. That's. I 100% agree with you. Yeah, so sometimes I just keep, sometimes I just keep, I just keep going on these rants. But you know, bringing back the less obsession with race, the whole thing with Jasmine Barnes with Sean King, where they they someone saw a white guy in a truck near the crime scene, and he's calling this a hate crime. He's called you know racist America, you know all this other nonsense. It turns out that it was two black guys who actually shot up the wrong car. And I haven't seen an apology from him. I haven't seen nothing. You know, it's just they they constantly seek to divide us 
and that's the worst thing that you could possibly do. And we saw it with we saw it with Obama when Michael Brown was shot by the police officer. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying due process and justice, or you know, when the when the officer was wasn't even indicted, he's like, you know, everyone just stay calm. No, it should have been, you know, he should have taken a side and he should have stood by this cop who did the right thing, who who protected himself. Mm-hmm. But it's. I know I always feel like I'm lucky that, you know, I'm lucky I'm white and I'm a conservative because there's so much more backlash for black conservatives, like you said before. And it's just, especially at 16, dude, like you got, you got, you got some balls on you going out there like that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I try. Um, right, going back to Sean King, basically the whole thing was just like kind of crazy because he said from the beginning, you know, this white man killed this young black girl. And then after, I mean, this, these are just accusations and with no like true evidence. And then it comes out that, you know, it's, it's gang related and it's two black men. And then basically, like you said, there's, there was no apology. I think here's the thing. Black people have killed more black people and will kill more black people than supposed white supremacy ever could kill black people because for example 8000 black men kill black men every single year that that's that's just a fact it's a huge number 16 black men were shot by police officers in 2016 yeah people don't understand that's the biggest problem with the mainstream media they're playing it up like it's the opposite exactly because it's it's not that um it's not that black men are being shot by police officers every single day or even every other day every week that's it's just not happening it's that the media if if it happens one time throughout the whole year the media will report on it for a month or two because they want to they want to drum up racial tensions in the united states and create an us versus them mentality where it's, it's black people against white people or minorities against white people and they make it where black people not only hate white people but they want black people to feel oppressed. And if black people feel oppressed and you think you can't ever do anything in your life, then you won't ever do anything. You'll end up oppressing yourself. And that's really what it came through with um, LBJ when he signed the Civil Rights Act and then created the welfare state. He did it to destroy, he did it to destroy black people. He was exactly. a racist. He hated black people. He begrudgingly signed it because they were they were getting ready to throw him out of office. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, all right, you know what? Let's just get them voting Democrat. We'll tell them the party switch and we'll give them a bunch of free stuff to effectively yeah. destroying black families because the sh- restrictions on welfare, well, they, now it's generational, but there are restrictions. They're telling you that you shouldn't have a family. Why should you have a family when I can give you more benefits if you're a single mother or if you yeah. have multiple kids? And it's it's insane. And there has to, you know, I'm really glad that there is a movement in the black community to move towards conservatism because it can show people that you don't have to fall into that trap. And I tell the kids in my, my school is very heavily black. I tell them all the time, like, listen, you need to just, when you hear something from somebody, question it. If mm-hmm. someone's telling you something, it doesn't really sound right. If it doesn't really make sense, look into it. If someone's yeah. like, they were talking about um, gun violence. So all the 99% of the teachers are giant liberals. So she goes, oh, gun violence. What can we do to stop gun violence? And one of the kids goes, we can close all the gun stores. No, that won't do anything because majority of gang majority of gang members, where do they get their guns from? Legally? No, they get them off the black market. 
Exactly. So I told him, like, well, do you think that if you confiscate all the guns, you really think criminals are going to turn in all their guns? He goes, oh, wait. So I was like, see, you have to really think about stuff. Because what the, what the, especially what the Democrats are doing now is they take the surface of the problem. Exactly. A little thing that looks like a quick fix, but it doesn't really solve the problem. Mm-hmm. So people exactly. really need, they need to dig into stuff. You have to really look up, you know, really take a look at what's being offered because nothing is free. Um, speaking of nothing being free, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bill de Blasio are basically trying to turn New York into <laughs> into a socialist state. And, you know, Bill de Blasio came out and said that, you know, he wants, he basically said he wants to redistribute wealth. And he's being, you know, yeah. it's really ridiculous. He's being lauded by the left. And the New York Times, they're calling him the best mayor we've ever had in New York City. He's being lauded as this amazing mayor. And meanwhile, he's trying to open up safe injection sites for heroin addicts. I saw that. Yeah, instead of, you know, instead of giving them safe injection sites, I would rather, well, my, I don't pay New York City taxes, but I'd rather tax dollars go towards, you know, a rehab center to get people off of drugs. Why would you give people an excuse to do drugs? If I have a safe injection site, I'm more likely to do heroin than I, if, but if I have a rehab facility, I'm more likely to be like, you know what? I might be able to go to this place, get clean and get my life back on track. Yeah, pretty much. The thing was, so first of all, there's actually a test. Um, I don't have the numbers on me, but um, in Seattle, they did the same thing with safe injection sites. And in neighborhoods where they put safe injection sites, the crime rate in those communities actually went up by over 75%. And I wouldn't be surprised if the neighborhoods that de Blasio put these safe injection sites are in are most likely in low-income communities that in minority communities that the Democrats supposedly care about, likely in the South Bronx. Oh, definitely. That's definitely where he's going to put them. And then people will be like, well, crime is up. He's like, well, I'll fix crime. Just keep voting for me. Don't worry. I got you. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's the it's like it's this disgusting vicious cycle, and you know it's it's all based on lies, and they caught you know Ocasio Cortez like even when she was interviewed by Anderson Cooper, she got caught in lies. She's just saying things without any facts. Oh, it's more important to be morally correct than factually correct. No, it's you more important to be factually correct. When you tell me you're going to tax people at seventy percent, first of all, those people are going to find a way around it. But you tell me you're going to raise my taxes to pay for health care for everybody, but then you're also going to legalize marijuana and you're going to open up injection, safe injection sites for heroin users, which will actually increase the cost of health care. And when the cost of health care is going to be over over a trillion dollars and your tax is not going to pay for even 10 percent of that, the facts matter. Because why are we electing you if you're going to implement something that you can't do? So it's the same thing with the with the new with the green the green new deal. It's so you want renewable energy in 10 years, eliminate all fossil fuels. It's not possible. We don't have the infrastructure, we don't have the technology, and we don't have the money. They don't realize they the the thing the Democrats want to do, they want to take our money, raise taxes, and they want us to fund all this stuff. And why are we funding it? It's the same argument with planned parenthood. People who don't who don't want planned parenthood shouldn't have to fund it through their taxes. I completely agree. Yes. It, All right. This is what I wanted to say about the Blasio's thing. Go ahead. So um he said with his uh his new health care plan, because he wanted to introduce uh guaranteed health care for all in New York City, right? Sounds like an, a supposed amazing utopian idea, right? So progressive. So basically right now there's 600,000 uninsured people in New York City. I just didn't want to mess up the number. 
And de Blasio says that the program would supposedly cost $100 million additionally every year, right? But it would cost, this is how much it would cost per uninsured person, $160. Does that really sound like enough money for health care? Oh, God. And those, those numbers don't even go together. None of those numbers add up. They just throw numbers out. They throw a big number out that they need. And then they'll throw a low number out for cost per person to make exactly. it seem like it's something that's affordable. And then these people, it still doesn't add up. Five years later, they'll go to the hospital with their their free NYC health care, and they'll ask for, I don't know, whatever. They'll ask for an X-ray, and they'll be like, well, you have to pay X, Y, and Z for your X-ray, or whatever, you know what I mean? Because the health care can't cover it. Or they'll say, you know, you'd have they'll say we can't cover this with your healthcare plan or go to a private health hospital for this or whatever. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's the same thing we discussed. Um, Peter and I went over this when we did um, Cuomo single payer uh, healthcare where he wants oh. coverage for every person in the state, but it goes back to the, Al have you heard of the Al uh, Alfie Evans, the little baby who in England? No. So he had this disorder, this disease or disorder, whatever it was where he was dying. His lungs mm -hmm. weren't working on their own. The British government said, all right, we're not treating him anymore. You have to take him off life support. Parents are like, we don't want to take him off life support. Like, you have to. The Italian, Italian government or a hospital in Italy contacted the parents and said, we have an experimental treatment. We'd like to try it if you're willing to bring him. The British government would not allow. They put a police officer outside of a baby's hospital room to make sure that he died because they declared that he was not fit for treatment. So are you serious? Exactly. It's, it's unbelievable, but it's, 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 it was all, it was a few months, it was a few months ago. It was all over the place. So it, it comes back to, um, my stepfather just passed from pancreatic cancer. So let's say he was diagnosed about a year ago. Thanks. He was diagnosed about a year ago. Okay. So when he was diagnosed, they could have been like, well, you know what? You might make it a year. So we're only going to cover chemo for about three months or they could not cover it at all essentially sentencing people to die because they don't want to pay for coverage. When the government controls the healthcare system, they control who lives and who dies. It's, it's that simple. They won't want to pay for it. They won't pay for it. It's insane. And it's scary. And this is exactly why the big government sucks. Oh yeah. The bigger the government, the worse it is. What's the worst government in the world? The United Nations. <laughs> the United Nations. They oversee the entire world. They do absolutely nothing but fight with each other. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's really ridiculous. Uh, um, if you check out our Instagram at get real get red pill then why there was someone on our um on Facebook who I actually started talking to. Um, <laughs> it was it wasn't on the group, but it was someone that I'm friends with, and this guy who's clearly a giant leftist. Like his face, his picture is like duct tape over him and his husband's mouth, and the background says "We are not okay" and the American flags backwards. Like it, it's oh, beyond. It's like full Trump derangement syndrome. So he posts something like, oh, yeah, like the wall's going to work. I'm like, no, no, the wall will work. And I gave him all the information. I'm like, listen, I have a degree in security systems. This is how a physical barrier works. And then he, he just put some, like, Trump quote about Mexico paying for the wall. I'm like, that's not what we're talking about. You're saying the wall's not going to work. I'm saying it is. Then you just bring up a random quote from Trump talking about Mexico paying for the wall. I don't care if Mexico pays for it. I'll pay for it. I'll go build the thing if they let me. And, yeah. then, and then he goes, oh, oh, yo, another conservative crying on Facebook. I'm like, I'm not crying, dude. I'm trying to tell you something. 
Like, you don't understand. He goes, oh, well, they have tunnels anyway. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, that dude, that's not what we're talking about. You're telling me that the wall won't work. Then you bring up Mexico paying for it. Then you try to attack me personally. And then he went on and on posting a bunch of Trump memes. And I was just like, dude, I'm like, you're not even having a conversation. He goes, oh, oh, you're mad? The internet, you know, he put it one of the South Park memes where it's like, show me where the internet hurt you. I'm like, dude, I'm not hurt. You, Are you saying? I'm like, you're, you're having like a meltdown here. And I just, you know, I turned off notifications. I was like, I'm done. Like, this is ridiculous. I stopped, I stopped responding to people like that on the internet about two months ago. I just, I don't, I don't even... I, didn't even I, I get caught in that trap sometimes. If I'm bored or I'm on lunch break, I'm just like, let me see how crazy I can make this person just by stating facts. And <laughs> they, get, they get nuts. Someone on Instagram started calling me. They, someone who had a similar username sent them a picture of some girl's ass. So he started messaging me, like cursing me out, calling me a whore. And I was like, dude, that's not me. That's not even my account. And he was like, oh, you are all the same, blah, 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 blah. You, know, you love Trump, you're all traitors to America. I was like, dude, you need to calm down. I don't even know you, and you don't know anything about me. And they, it's really the Trump derangement syndrome is real. It's yeah. My own aunt came, was like, I wish you'd fucking die already. I'm like, I'm like, calm down. You don't know the guy. He's the president. He's not your husband. Like, relax. I even, I, I like, we all met him at YBLS, and he's not even, like, what the media says he is. So he gave us. Of course he's not. <laughs> he's, he's nothing like what the media says. He gave a speech to us, and in the speech, there was this whole, um, you know, I don't know why I can't remember the name of, you know, the TV thing where it says the. A teleprompter? Yeah, teleprompter. I don't know why I can't remember the name of that. Um, so there was a teleprompter, what, what he was supposed to say, and like 70% of the time, he wasn't even following the teleprompter. Because he's a real person. And exactly. I've done like a decent amount of public speaking. Obviously, I'm trying to work in education, so I've been working on it more. But um, my brother got married this past summer, and everyone's like writing down speeches and all the stuff during the rehearsal dinner. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to talk. I'm just going to mm -hmm. have a gen, you know, have a genuine conversation about my brother. And it went amazing. Everyone loved it. I got a standing ovation. And that's what you want from people. You want gen, you want someone to be genuine. You want them to be a real person. Yeah. And when people come off as fake and when they come off as liars, it they don't they. That's so why I can't stand people like Ocasio-Cortez, like Cuomo, like de Blasio, like Feinstein, like Pelosi and Schumer. They're all liars. They just lie. They lie, 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 lie. And they try to fool people so that they can remain in power. And it's the most frustrating thing in the world is watching them just do this nonsense. And then people buy it. Ugh, she's just uh, – you said you said Ocasio-Cortez. Ocasio She's the worst. She's the worst. A fraud. So she talks about she's from the Bronx and everything and how she's like this girl that grew up poor. So I did more research. You know, never take anything that people say for granted. And basically, we lived in the Bronx in a middle-class neighborhood called uh, Park Tester, right? I don't yeah. know if you, do you know what that is. No. Okay. So it, it's like a middle-class community until five years old. After that, she moved to Westchester. Oh, there, God. I know all about Westchester. <laughs> like, there's no town in Westchester that's poor other than maybe, like, the southernmost part of Mount Vernon. Yeah, now um, it's, it's half of Mount Vernon, and that's it. And exactly. part of Yonkers, that, that's it. Like, she lived in the northern part of Westchester. Like, oh, my God. Did they give the name of the town? Hmm? Did they give the name of the town? Um, if you want, I can look it up right now. I don't remember it off yeah, the top not, of It's not that important. Ooh. Okay. But, yeah. But, 
He's full of he it. He lived in the northern part of Westchester. I mean, you can't get much richer than that unless you lived in Bronxville. And so her um, her dad died. She went to Boston University. When she was in college, her dad died, and but her dad ran a business. When her dad died, her dad didn't have, like, any money to pass down. And so they – um. I think they couldn't like afford the house that they were living in. So they moved back to Parkchester in the Bronx. And so when she came out of college, she was like, you know, being a waitress and doing like jobs like that. And I think like the whole thing is a ploy. I think the idea is to like, I'll move back to the Bronx two years later after I graduate from college and work these low end jobs. And if I do this, then I can rise to fame as a Congresswoman, the poor Congresswoman who's for the people. Even though, I mean, if you look at every single one of her policies, none of them would actually help her district. I wouldn't be surprised if her district, which is um, actually only one district down from me, if her district gets even poorer than it was before in, in the neighborhoods that aren't gentrifying. Oh, it will. And she's the same person who said that Amazon shouldn't come to Long Island City because it wouldn't put jobs into her community. You can commute from the Bronx to Long Island City. It's not that difficult. Long Island City is in her district. It is? Oh, my God. Long Island, that whole part of Queens, she, she runs yeah. part of the South Bronx and part of Queens. Oh, Long okay. in her district. Basically, what she's saying is Amazon will supposedly gentrify and make the area more expensive. But the thing is, Long Island City has been gentrifying for years, and it's full of tall glass skyscrapers. Yeah, my brother lives in one of those things. It, that's all it is. It's all, it's all, like, it's basically the new Williamsburg, but for people who actually have money. Exactly. It's, it's not kick, Amazon will not kick anyone out. The whole idea, the reason she doesn't want Amazon to come is because it means more jobs. And if people have jobs, they don't need to be stuck on government health care and government benefits. They, they don't need it. You're be, right on ahead. That's exactly, that's exactly it. If, even if the Democrats tell you that they want to lift up their communities, their whole platform makes it where it hurts them if they make you richer. Because they need to keep you poor to keep you on government benefits. That's yes, just because people with money don't want the government coming into their paycheck and taking their money. So exactly. People who have de even decent jobs, they want less government because then you get to keep more of your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Like speaking for New York specifically, for example, right? So mm -hmm. New York currently, it's actually the most segregated school system in the country, even though, like, apparently, you know, segregation doesn't exist anymore. But it's – um. It's basically segregation by neighborhood, and it's, like, set up by districts. And I think, like, that's one of the biggest problems for, like, moving up in New York is, like, I think the biggest thing, if you wanted to, like, fix the problem in New York, would be just fixing education and allowing more school choice. But I think the Democrats are really against that because, if once again, if over time, in the next 20 years, if you had minorities – and low-income people that suddenly became more educated, and then they'd be able to rise into higher-income positions, and they wouldn't need those government benefits, and they wouldn't continually vote for the same people. Yeah, because when you're educated, especially on things like history, when you realize that anytime the government grows too, grows too big or takes away the people's ability to defend themselves, you get things like Nazi Germany, Stalinist mm -hmm. Russia, Mao's China, Communist Cuba, and then everything just goes straight to crap. Mm -hmm. So, but the fact that people don't know these things, they're like, "Oh no, it's fine." The government will never become tyrannical. You think that the Germans thought that that someone like Hitler would come around and start murdering people? Of course not. You think the Cubans didn't think that Castro was going to flip on them? He was the champion of the people. 
As soon as he got power, boom, killed all of his detractors, took everybody's stuff. And only the very wealthy in Cuba have anything, really. Cuba's yeah. a very impoverished country. It's ridiculous. It's, and it's, it's horrible. Um, another thing I want to touch on is uh, another politician. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Her name, I think, is Pramila Jayapal. Do you know her? No, I haven't heard of her. Um, she's a U.S. She's a representative um, from, what's it called, from the state of Washington. Basically, she was on MSNBC last night, and she said that Trump is trying to bring purity to America, and that's why he's building the wall. Once again, on their whole race-baiting agenda, that, that's what they do. Um, I mean, this whole idea, she basically said that Trump is trying to kick everyone out that's not white. And I, I just, I think that this is quite crazy. Because if he was, right, let's let's take what she's saying, right, with a grain of salt. If, if Trump was trying to kick everyone out of the United States that's not white, then why didn't a Republican-run House and Senate and the White House just, you know, do exactly what she's saying? Yeah, when they had everything, why didn't they just round up every minority and ship them out somewhere? Right. Because it's not true. It, it's all lies. It's, it's there to keep black people, Hispanics, Asians, anyone that's not white scared. It's, that's it. Yeah, because when people are afraid, they turn to the government because they don't know who else to look for. Exactly. You turn to the government, you elect people who say, oh, don't worry, the government's going to take care of you. It's okay. Don't worry about it. That's the last place you should be looking for help is the government. Mm-hmm. I was um, – so you know Cuomo is building, like, lots of new infrastructure projects in New York? Yeah. Um, by the way, I have about 15 more minutes, but I'm just – Don't worry. Yeah, I got to – we got to – we'll cut this out at 630. Okay. But um, so here's the thing. I actually would love to see a lot of infrastructure reforms. I'd like to see it more in the private sector. I think both sides on infrastructure aren't working. Um, but I heard Cuomo uh, after, so he's building the new Moynihan Station, which is part of Penn Station in Manhattan, and he's building the new LaGuardia Airport. He's built all these bridges. He gave this speech, and he's like, government can do big things. You just have to trust the government. And... That was one of the scariest things I've ever heard. And, I mean, to be honest, these infrastructure projects look great. But on a state level, they're actually very expensive compared, like, on the state budget, right? That's one. And, two, what's scary about that is because I feel like this whole infrastructure thing is, like, a test on, like, much bigger things that they want, like health care. Yeah, and like how much can we get away with? Exactly. So if it's, like, you know, we'll show – like, government can do great things if, like, we can build a brand shining new LaGuardia Airport, then government supposedly can do great things with healthcare, too. The yeah, problem because they is, definitely translate healthcare and building an airport. They're the same. Exactly. But, like, people, <laughs> people that aren't educated in politics, like, that's what they'll think. They'll think, oh, well, the government can do so great there. They can do great here, too, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it blows my mind sometimes how uneducated people are. And then they go out and vote, or they get mad at you for actually understanding the issues, and you try to explain to them, they go, that's not true. You heard that on Fox News. Like, I don't watch Fox News. <laughs> that's the biggest problem, actually, in politics. It's, it's not really just, like, left versus right, but the biggest issue is just not being educated on a lot of different issues. That's what we're trying to do with Black Conservative Movement. Actually, um, on Martin Luther King Day, all around the country, 
we're going to be uh, going to black neighborhoods. I'm going to just go in my neighborhood with some other volunteers that we found in New York. We're going to go in Harlem on 125th Street and pass out some flyers and inform people about free market policies and free market ideas and principles. I think that that's a start. Oh, uh, that's a great idea. Hopefully we get a warm reception, but I'm afraid we won't. But we must. Uh, so hey, if, if you if you change one person's mind, then it's worth it. You put in the effort, and you got one more person to kind of think for themselves. Or even if you don't change their mind, if you just get them to take that piece of paper and read it, mm-hmm. you know, it's worth it. It's worth putting in the effort, and that's the only way to do it. It's the same thing we're trying to do here. We're trying to get people look, go out and vote. Talk to your friends. Talk to your family. You know, if they if they really are undecided. Explain to them what conservatism is. Explain to them the difference between big government and small government. Yeah. You might change somebody's mind. Someone who's really entrenched, probably not going to change their mind. But someone yeah. who doesn't really know or someone who kind of doesn't really understand what they're looking at, you might turn them and they might turn somebody. And then it becomes a it's like a pyramid scheme, but good, where you yeah. have oh, two people, four people. And then all of a sudden, we can do things that we can turn. New York State, the Republicans used to win New York State. Yeah. The state legislature used to, it was red. It, well, it, the the Senate was just red. Yeah, I know. And, you know, we can do it again, but it has to be done, like you said, through education, through information, through outreach. You yeah. have to go out into those communities. Um, we'll wrap it up. We don't really need to go over Jim Acosta just being a giant turd and really. Proving- I think a lot of people know he basically just proved the wall works. <laughs> yeah, he just proved um, there's no illegal immigrants here. Yeah, because there's a wall. Um, but I want to give you a chance. I'm from New York, real quick. Tell people where they can find you on social media okay. and everything, um, all the stuff that you're planning on, that you're trying to do, and then we'll sign off, and uh, that'll be it for today. So all go right. ahead. So at the end of the day, just one thing real quick before I tell all of you about social media. Uh, but what I really think, because I'm i a conservative and a Republican, and I think to keep the Republican Party alive, we can't just think about 2020 and 2024, but like we have to think about the next 20, 30 years. And I think the Democrats are doing that. And then sadly to say they're actually, they have a great strategy going on. Even if I just, I completely disagree with it. I think that we have to get more young people out there. We have to get people more informed about politics and we just have to get people to think for themselves. Um, basically, if you want to contact me, and find me on social media. It's Rodriguez Kalik on Twitter and Instagram. That's R O D R I Q U E Z K H A L I Q. No, um, I personally want to thank you. You know, we were trying to get you on for a little while. It didn't work out in the beginning, but I really want to thank you for coming on, showing people that conservatism. If if one liberal sees this and looks at, be like, wait, conservatives aren't all old rich white people. Then you know, we at least we change, we change one person's mind. But to everybody listening to this, please, you know, visit our website, EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com slash donate. If you want to contribute to our cause, it allows us to reach out to politicians, allows us to, you know, further expand our podcast and for expand our reach so we can help fix this state, because that's really what we're trying to do. We are very, very concerned with the state of New York, and we want to reach out and fix it. That, I'm Evan. This is Gleek. Have a great day. Hey everybody, it's Evan with Empire State Conservative Network. If you like this episode, please subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and leave us a five-star review. 
Also, please follow us on social media on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on Instagram at GetRedPilledNY, on Twitter at Empire State Cons, on Parlay at Empire State Conservatives. If you'd like to help us improve our shows, you can donate through our website at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com slash donate. We also have some merchandise that will be coming to you soon from our website. If you'd like to work with us in any capacity, please feel free to email us at GetRedPill76 at gmail.com. And as always, don't let fear take your freedom. <laughs>